Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for clicking on this episode and joining us here at the Melanated Intellects Podcast. My name is Patrice. And my name is Shayla. We are here to talk about everyday melanated topics while bringing a distinct intellectual perspective. Thanks so much for joining. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And thank you so much for clicking on this episode. This is another It's Not Black History Month. Um, If you haven't checked out the one we had earlier this season, it was about black Russians. Um, And um, if you haven't heard it, just to bring you up to speed, it's just as far as educating um, melanated people about melanated history, I think that um, there's an opportunity, at least for us here in the U.S., I feel like we didn't quite get the international history that we had hoped to get. And even when it came to the history here in America, a um, lot of holes, you know, necessarily what we were taught in school, you grow up and you find out that things kind of happen differently. So to the best of our ability, right, we we share our resources so you understand where we got our information from. So to the best of our ability, but of course, with our history, with a certain level of discernment, we're here to hopefully introduce you to some characters, people, places, and things in history that you may not have originally known. And if you did know, that's okay. It's just a refresher. Um, and the concept is it doesn't need to be Black History Month for us to talk about our history. So periodically um, through this season, and I, I hope our plans are to continue it, we will, you know, have a It's Not Black History Month episode where we'll be highlighting a different person, place, or thing in history. So um, today we're going to be going over the Bookman Revolt. It was an uprising that um, a lot of people don't know, but essentially initiated the Haitian Revolution. Um, And we'll kind of say in advance that, and even in this article, which will be in the description, it stated that there's not a lot of information about Bookman. Um, and um, oftentimes there's not even a lot of pictures. Um, there's just there's just holes in this because that's what sometimes happens when it comes to our history. So mm-hmm. um, bear with us, but we found it interesting. Uh, we found it really interesting and it was cool to do um, some research. So Patrice, anything you want to add before I, I dive into his story? Um. No, I'll save it. I'll save it for after we kind of give more insight because I don't trust myself not to spoil. So please uh, take it away from here. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) no problem. Uh, Bookman Revolt. Okay, first of all, let me put this out here. I'm going to do my best with pronunciations. I have a Haitian friend, actually. She helped me out with a couple. And then I also looked up a couple. So I'm going to do my best, but They're please. all French, right? French names? Y- yes, I believe so. For the so. most part, yeah. So um, please don't judge me, and I ask for grace, okay? Yes, yes. Yes. We, we highlight that, definitely. <laughs> Same here, by the way. Go ahead and extend that sentiment towards oh, me, yes. please. Yes, yes. Thank for you. Patrice, too. For Patrice, too, please. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So I, I feel the need to say that. Um, so Bookman, okay, so first of all, I don't even want to say full name, name that you may hear referenced if you do research about him is Bookman Duddy or Duddy Bookman, because mm-hmm. I actually saw it both ways. And that's not even said to be his real name. And we'll kind of dive into that in the history on the, how we think or how historians think he got the name. So we don't even really know this man's real name. But mm-hmm. this is a 
history of yesterday article um, that I'm going to be referencing for most of it. And then I also have an encyclopedia I'll reference as well, but not a lot of info about him. He was born in West Africa between modern day Senegal and Gambia. He was born a free man and, um, you know, his true name is lost. So we don't necessarily know that. Now, um, before being enslaved, um, as an adult, he was raised and trained to be like a Muslim the Christian term is man of the cloth, but for them, it was called man of the book, right? Bookman, you get it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that was supposedly, <laughs> that is what supposedly how he got his name. Very intelligent man. He was known for being very, very intelligent. Um, and, um, you know, that's sort of how they think he got his name. So he was eventually captured, um, and he was forced to work on Jamaica's sugar plantation. So he went from Africa to Jamaica he was literate, which few other of his peers were. Um, so that spoke to his level of intelligence. Um, by most accounts, he was very large in stature. Um, they said he pretty much towered over most other people. Um, and then as a, matha, as a man, excuse me, of faith and intelligence, he could not bear to live confined by shackles, which makes total sense to me. He started stirring up trouble in Jamaica. Um, he was sold to, bear with me, I believe it's pronounced Saint Domingue, okay? Yes. Which will eventually become present day Haiti. Rumors says he has, um, that he was enticing disobedience. He was teaching um, other slaves how to read. He was just like kind of getting people riled up about freedom. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the trouble that he was stirring up. So they, you know, they, they sold him, um, because he was stirring up trouble. Um, now once he got to St. Domingue, he was, he would become a slave driver, like a, a commander of sorts. He was no longer a practicing Muslim at that point. He became one of the key leaders in the new or newly introduced, at least in the storyline, <clears throat> excuse me, religion of voodoo was just combined different African religions. Most historians say that the Haitian revolution officially began in 1791 at Boys Cayman, but they're saying that really this was the start of it, this revolt that he's going to um, incite. Mm -hmm. So um, unofficially, that's where they really think the Haitian revolution began is with him. Um, now, it's important to understand that the French Revolution, there was a lot of talk during the French about the French Revolution during this time. Of course, this was a colony of France. And so liberty, fraternity, equality, things like that was kind of like being hushed and talked about. Mm -hmm. um, and it just really added to that. They're saying a whole two years prior before the official revolution started, it was kind of like being enticed. Um, using his position as a, a slave driver and the voodoo priestess, he um, was able to move freely across plantations from one to another. Um, he networked with other high-ranking slaves to build what would become the largest uprising in Caribbean history. Um, him being able to travel from one place to another in the position that he held just gave him, I mean, I guess they didn't know it at the time. That was a mistake to give him that position if they didn't want an uprising. Uh, many of the secret meetings that he held and ran were underneath sort of the blanket of a religious ceremony. So he would kind of 
underneath the guise of a, a, a ceremony, he would have these secret meetings um, to plan this uprising. Um, he often officiated and um, months of preparation went into what would become this revolt. Now, I have a couple sources. So one says August 14th, it officially happened. Another one said August 22nd. Again, discernment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this was August of 1791. Um, he, um, okay, it gets tricky because I'll bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a ceremony half military half spiritual in nature over 200 slave leaders were gathered um the facts of what happened kind of become myth right at this point in the story in legend um he was definitely chief leader of the rebellion but there are claims that a storm overtook the island there's claim that the slaves supposedly sacrificed animals sealing their loyalty with a blood pack so it's kind of it kind of gets movie-ish or theatrical performative in what was being told now um the article spoke about how they really didn't like that part of the story because it kind of plays into the narrative that demeans African culture. And really it kind of undermines the fact that he was a strategic genius in what he did. This wasn't about him using voodoo or some sort of sacrifice. He just was an intelligent man that conducted himself well and got a very large one over on the French. Um, so what followed, um, like I said, was easily the single most destructive event in Caribbean history. So it's important that we understand the damage that was done because within days, the entire island was set on fire. The loss of property quickly added up to over a million dollars, which in 17, in the late 1700s, that's a lot, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. loss of property, um, over 10,000 planters were killed as in the white, white planters, uh, 72 plantations burned to the ground. Um, the whites were taken by complete surprise and suffered very dearly. France couldn't send help because they were dealing with, they were preoccupied. They were dealing with some other things. So it took them a really long time to send help. And, um, the whites were just outnumbered, uh, outmaneuvered and outdone. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the most explosive slave rebellion in Caribbean and American history in terms of scale of, of damage. Pardon me. Nothing else has ever come close. Now the tide slowly turned by September reinforcements from France finally, um, started to come in and sort of gain some footing, but I want to, um, I want to share some history about the social class there right? Mm -hmm. Because there were a large group of individuals that were of mixed race and they really did play, um, a serious role when it came to the side, like each side. Um, because a lot of them were legally free, although they didn't have full rights, right? We know that. Uh, mm-hmm. But they could own property and slaves, and many did. Um, and they kind of had where they switched sides multiple times. So they allied, normally they allied themselves with the French. But when it came to this particular uprising, they aligned themselves with the slaves. Um, but then they switched sides when the whites agreed to let free born 
people of mixed race become members of the colon colonial government. So the French kind of use that to um, to get them to switch sides and to create division. Um, now, the French Revolution had begun in 1789, and um, there was a French National Assembly in Paris. So I'm skimming forward just a little bit, but essentially they switched sides again. So that's why I'm bringing up that time frame. So the there was a lot politically happening in France at that time. So that's also just important for us to set the scene. Mm hmm. Um, so going back to the French and we're going back to September now of 1791, um, although the slaves and bookmen had delivered a devastating first assault, I, it appears that they may not have been prepared for a long term. So I think there was just a lot of focus on the upright, the original and initial uprising and rebellion. And yeah. I don't know if they really thought past that. So that just really caused the rebellion to slow. It lost coordination and unity. Of course, ammunition and food became an issue and started to run low. And slowly the stronghold, just one at a time, the areas were retaken. So in early by early November, Bookman was captured and sentenced to death, right? So his execution was they just really made um, a spectacle of it. So they severed his head, paraded it around mm -hmm. um, the island. And I think really, I mean, clearly, and I don't need to think it clearly, it was meant to not only was it a something personal to him and his legacy and the reputation that he had built with his peers. But then it was also um, intended to crush the spirits of the ex-slaves who were still in open rebellion. Right. So he got captured, but there was still, even though most of the Island was taken back, not all of it was. Um, the article and the story kind of rounds up with, look, you know, after his death, there ended up being sort of a new crop of heroes, um, which I've heard these gentlemen before. Again, bear with me on the pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> Toussaint, I think it's Toussaint. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. Louverture, and then uh, Jean Jacques Dessalines. Mm -hmm. So um, it just it. Oh, you know what? Let me wrap it up because after that, then in 1804. St. Domingue officially um, was free and then, of course, was renamed Haiti. Um, so this I found this to be really interesting because we know about the Haitian Revolution, right? Like, you know, we're familiar with that, um, at least in general. Um, but I found it to be really interesting, this man's journey for a couple different reasons. So one, he was born free. Mm -hmm. had established a certain level of intelligence and um, he was a member of, you know, the clergy back then he was Muslim. And so was, it got the impression that he was well into his life before all of this took place and happened. Um, he was born a free man. And so I just, I found it to be interesting and almost it kind of got the wheels turning about the fact that perhaps because he was born a free man and was intelligent and did have this um, religious background and was a man of a certain caliber, when you try to enslave that, right, it, well, you're going to get what you get when it comes mm -hmm. to it being a revolt. So mm -hmm. um, that the, who he was and who they painted him to be and the fact that, you know, he ended up being um, 
you know, just played this pivotal role. I just found that that connection that I made to be interesting. But um, Patrice, I know there's some things that you wanted to add. Yes. Um, so the thing about the Haitian Revolution, so I learned about it in very, very little of it. It was like one of those very, very small paragraphs um, mm-hmm. in my AP history books in school um, and high school, which I don't even know that, you know, regular history taught this. But um, I never knew um, anyone outside of Toussaint's um, part in it. I Mm. always understood him to be the leader of it. And the documentary that we will drop, the audience, if you all decide to watch, you will also see that um, he actually was not a part of it, didn't participate in the battle at all in the beginning. And it was solely Bookman who was gathering and influencing um, uh, neighboring colony slaves to participate in this revolt. And what's interesting to me is, so I agree with the article and that, of course, the Hollywood version of voodoo mentioning that can easily make people think they were out there doing the most. And this is why, you know, they decided to plan some evil and they were going to go and blah, 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 blah. Like I can easily see that, but people, I think those who are true studiers of the African culture and, um, heritage understand that voodoo was a very common and, um, it was one of the leading, the leading religions of Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even today is still studied in Benin and, um, which we have mentioned before, and it is, they do not worship the devil. It's not uh, coincided with evil. In fact, which I will link this article, it's a more updated article, and it has nothing to do with the Haitian Revolution, um, but it talks about the judgment of voodoo and mm. African traditions, and it describes the ceremonies. And let me, I'm going to describe the ceremony to the audience Okay, and I must connect this to it as to my thoughts about it. Okay, y'all ready? All right, here we go. So, the voodoo ceremonies, or what we may consider worship, is described as drumming, singing, dancing after animals are slaughtered and cooked. What does that sound like to you? I think about. A, a common day party where we barbecuing and um exactly mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. exactly but mm-hmm. if you let hollywood tell it mm-hmm. there's blood dripping off people and they're you know yeah. you know what i'm saying it's this whole quote unquote way darker ceremonial in which hollywood likes to paint it and people there's possession etc um and it's very interesting to see how that image has been tainted because the truth is, you know, Bookman was a voodoo priest. And if you think about slaves coming from Africa and also born into slavery, they did not speak the same language. They were coming from different tribes. So that oftentimes they did not know many of the other slaves on the plantation or not many. So if you think about back then at that time when voodoo was a lot more prominent and amongst before all of the colonization of all of the different countries of Africa, you kind of think that would be the one thing they would all have in common for the Mm. most part outside of Muslim, which he also was familiar with. So personally, just hearing that 
back behind it, I wouldn't be surprised if religion did connect these people together because Muslim, Christianity, and voodoo were very prominent religions, and he knew all three. So um, it bothers me that it is something that is so natural to a culture is demonized, but I also understand the need to separate it because if you let the right people get a hold of that type of information, especially the way that it has been manipulated and influenced as something dark and evil, I can absolutely see how that would um, uh, change the narrative of who mm. Bookman truly was in his overall character, especially with the events that led after. Mm. What was also interesting to me is I did not pay attention to this when I was a kid, but they said that revolution lasted 13 years. Yeah, I was just going to, uh, you read my mind. Yeah, 13 years. And right. I don't think I really, um, yeah, did I know about the Haitian revolution? Like, yeah, for sure. But I don't think, well, for one, you write my history book said very little but what it did say it did bookman wasn't in there so right. from his <laughs> really death not. to really mm -hmm. like you know full-blown 13 years like that's a really long time um and i don't think i realized that history right. wise like i don't know if the time frame just didn't connect for me before doing this right yeah same same you know, 13 years of all-out war. And what's interesting is so Bookman is one of the first leaders to die. Mm -hmm. And then Toussaint steps in. Now, mind you, during that whole time, Toussaint was away protecting his original owners at the mm. plantation he was born at. So then he decides to jump in. And his initial goal is to actually amend the, the revolution and try to end it and negotiate terms. And they were even willing to put slaves back on plantations just with better working conditions. You know, that goes to speak because Toussaint was already, he was already into the military. He was already free. You know, he had a ranking in Haiti or St. Domingo. Domingue, what was it again? Saint Saint Domingue, I believe. Saint Domingue. We mm -hmm. again, thank, forgive me, people. Okay, forgive it me. It would later become Haiti. So pre pre yes. Haiti. Pre Haiti. We'll call it that. Pre Haiti. Yes. Okay. Um. So he already had a ranking, and he also had methodologies that also were along the, were on the fence originally, you know. And when it wasn't until he realized the whites were pissed because all their so many people were slaughtered and slaves had revolted against them and that they didn't even care to take back their prisons. They were not going to negotiate. That's when he, I feel like, activated, and that is what carried the revolution the rest of those 13 years. Mm. But you, it's very interesting to see how that played out and even how he evolved over those 13 years. Um, and something else I wanted to mention... As I flip my pages here <laughs> <laughs> to even show his forceful hand to prevent slavery from coming back to Haiti. He went as far as to write a constitution, mm. write his own constitution to prohibit, prohibit slavery and essentially racism. And it's, it's interesting because I was going to go Google this, but then the documentary told me, which we will again, drop the link to the documentary. The U S wouldn't follow that those steps for another hundred years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Another hundred years. So, you know, I can see why they would history will write out Bookman because one, it ties to voodoo. 
Mm. And I think Tucson was more because Tucson at one point even reinforced a form of slavery because he told the people that they had to get back on the plantations because they needed to build rebuild an economy to show mm. French that Haiti would still be a part of the sugarcane trade, et cetera, mm. and be able to participate and grow and contribute to the economy. And slaves did not want to do that. They wanted to grow and grow food and build for themselves and work for themselves. They did not want to participate in this economy that economy what the hell is that i just want my life back <laughs> right, you know right 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 <laughs> right <laughs> and so he even went as far as to start to force them and and create consequences for those who would not work so that goes to show that he was tr- he was trying to build his own i want to say country but build economy mm-hmm. if that's you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like he was trying to create some type of economy through that. And it still didn't work. Napoleon eventually cracked down and said, no, we still want to bring back slaves. And something that I always found so interesting because you, it's very, you have to ask this question to see exactly what happened because it's like the French revolution and then Haiti's free. That, I feel like you see a lot of that. Mm. But when you really dive into it, excuse me, people, I just hit my mic, my bad. For the French to recognize Haiti's independence in 1825, they demanded $100 million francs, which is approximately $21 billion today. Mm. You know, and Haiti yeah. was one of the richest countries of the Americas. And just like that, that is how you that is how you create what some like to say a third world country or one of the poorest nations in the world. And it is to me that is so trifling. It's like they made them pay reparations for each slave that wouldn't be working. But it's it's like these are people's lives. Did Africa charge you? Did you pay this to Africa for all the slaves know, that you stole? Right. Okay. Know, that's right. <laughs> and that's interesting that you mention um the constitution and how America would take another 100 years because mm-hmm. last season when we had our black history month, we mm-hmm. were talking about the fact that like in some places in the world, in most places in the world, slavery came left freed people to yep. move on with their lives and slavery yep. was still happening in America. Exactly. Okay. Um, exactly. I think we were talking about South America. Um, yeah, it was Mexico. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, it was like, I mean, I don't know. I just find that to be insane and ridiculous that to when you really look at the dates and you really mm. put it together, you know, worldly, right? Because we talk about American history as a very singular thing, but you mm-hmm. don't really understand or I didn't, a picture wasn't created for me, at least in history and as a child on what was happening at the same time mm-hmm. as other things were happening. So I don't right. think I really put it together and had an understanding until, you know, I started doing my own research as an adult and really had to be like, what year was that? How many right. years between such and such and so-and-so? Like, right. oh, okay, so far behind the times. I mean, hundreds of years mm-hmm. behind some other countries where it's like, you late. It, really, and so that's why it's always interesting to me because when we have this conversation on a global platform and we compare racism, I think we do, ne- we we negate to mention that mm-hmm. 
French or France is a hundred years ahead of us mm. in terms of freeing slaves. You know what I mean? Including like Haiti is ahead of the U.S. But then the U. Oftentimes, I feel like the U.S. has the audacity to look down on Haiti because they're a poor country. But it's like they freed their people a hundred years sooner. Years sooner, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are yeah. you sure you want to take that on, my friend? Are yeah. you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they got you on this, okay? You know, and and, and it speaks to also the level of debt because Haiti is still paying for that too. Mm. You know, um, I, what was my thought process going with that? Give me a second. You don't get it, girl. It's going to come back. <laughs> oh, it's going somewhere. Oh, there it is. Okay. Thank you. I had to look at my notes, child. They popped up mm-hmm. off the page. Um, but the U.S. was so fearful of this revolution they did not want Frenchmen coming to the U.S. because, you know, conversation, the first people that these men would talk to once they got off the ships were those who were working the docks. Who's working those docks? Other slaves. And mm. so, sure thing, word would get out that there was revolution. There were slaves who over, completely overpowered and overthrew the French and led to their freedom, even if it took 13 years. And they were worried about that influence and how that would impact the United States. And that just goes to show the level of mind control that was so set Mm. in place and how the systemic racism was already, you know what I'm saying, set in Mm. motion at that point. It's, um, it, it, my heart always hurts for, you know, our people when I think about what our world would be like if the resources that we had and we grew, we were to profit off of, like, for example, sugarcane in Haiti, if they were to be able to contribute and actually profit off of that. When you think about corn for the Latin community, when you think about um, some of these other, um, Mm. you know what I'm saying, these other plantations. And um, I know with Africa, I think right now, I've read somewhere where like chocolate, coke, I can't never say this word, so y'all do not judge me, okay? I, you know, I just... Cocoa? Is that what you're trying to say, cocoa? I thought it was cocoa. Isn't that cocoa? Oh, okay, yes. Okay, yes. Yes, that is correct. Okay, God damn it, I swear. I get confused. I'm American. I don't understand these things sometimes, okay? <laughs> I don't understand these things sometimes. <laughs> 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 but, um, so, you know, I saw that even in Africa, like, they have... They should have a lot more wealth based off that source alone. And it's just, it's mind-blowing, you know, how these countries, these people just get robbed, mm. you know, out of these deals. And it, it, it really breaks my heart thinking about that. But um, very powerful, powerful chapter of history for sure. Um, you know, I was trying to research if Nat Turner was able to receive any information or if there's any record of him knowing about the Haitian revolution, Mm. um, because I believe his revolt would take place 1915. I want to say maybe, um, I want to say that's when it was, or when was it? Was that? Hold on. Let me look. No, girl, not not as well. That's probably the movie. Let me get myself together. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. 
I'm thinking Birth of a Nation, the actual movie that reignited the clan. So that's mm, my fault. No, okay. it, Nat Turner's Revolt took place 1831. And for those who do not know, Birth of a Nation was remade maybe five years ago. It was a film about Nat Turner and his slave mm. revolt. Um, but that time frame is very close and it kind of made me wonder if there's any documented history of him knowing about it or feeling influenced by it. And I wasn't able to find anything, you know, prior to this podcast, but I would love to connect those dots if so, because y'all know how I am. I like to see how the story plays out and who was influenced by who, but, um, yeah, very profound chapter of history though. Um, ma'am, I do believe that book was probably a silent, soldier that we do not hear about for political reasons you know he for one let's just start with the voodoo priest and let's just start with the fact that he also spoke many languages he was born free you know i i don't um i can force i can absolutely understand why that wouldn't um be uh, great to talk about so um yeah yeah profound profound individual who contributed to that revolution yeah, um, I, I it was interesting to do research um, about him. I um, and I feel like I've said this before on the podcast, but I, d- I definitely find world history history to be very interesting um, mm-hmm. when it comes to melanated people because I just I really don't feel like my exposure to that has has been good at all um, mm-hmm. here. And, you know, anytime I have an opportunity to research, um, you know, someone who was melanated, but, you know, impacted history in this way, not, not to at all to take away to, you know, those who were part of, um, our own revolution here, but just so that I'm, have a more well-rounded or worldly view, Mm -hmm. um, is really important to me. Um, and I think I've, probably mentioned that in the black Russian episode, but, um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, I wasn't surprised, but I didn't know about how the French kind of got the individuals who were of mixed race to switch sides multiple times. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were kind of in this in-between state where they were free, but they didn't have rights. They could have slaves, but they, you know, they couldn't be in government until it was promised to them to switch sides. Like it was Mm -hmm. just this very, um, you know, uh, strategic from the French Mm -hmm. side, very strategic way of going about impacting um, the revolution. So, you know, you learn, um, you learn lots and, I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We will be dropping the links to the articles, also the documentary. I believe it's about 50 minutes, 55 minutes, but very, very informational. Um, The entire um, documentary. Um, So I definitely encourage watching if you have not. There's, I I mean, I I took AP history. There was still information that I did not know when I took African studies as well at in college but there was still information that i did not know i'm like i didn't know that fact either so um i definitely highly recommend it um and yeah um that's all i have yeah okay yeah hopefully you guys um enjoyed it you know like we said certain level of discernment you know Mm -hmm. we dredged up as much information as we could while still 
um, keeping in mind what we wanted to give you all for this mm-hmm. episode. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, check out the resources. As always, if you don't currently, please follow us um, at Melanated Intellects on IG. Share um, our podcast, this episode or any other episode that you think um, people might enjoy. You know, pass it on to family, friends, loved ones, etc. Um, leave comments, share, like, all that good stuff. Yes, and shout out to our new listeners and our old listeners who are still rocking with us this last season. I've got more coming. So y'all take care of yourself and we'll see you next week. Or Thanks so much. Talk to you next week. Yes. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>